Welcome to Equipping the Persecuted Radio. Equipping the Persecuted Radio is sponsored by Equipping the Persecuted. Equipping the Persecuted is a true boots-on-the-ground ministry over in Nigeria. And right now, they are just finishing up an orphanage that is focused in on going and helping those whose parents have been martyred for the sake of Jesus Christ. And you can go and support that work and find out more about the ministry at equippingthepersecuted.org. Once again, that's equippingthepersecuted.org. And in today's show, we're going to be going over why the Bible stands for life and presents a true biblical worldview when it comes to life. But also, we're going to be looking at law and how our laws are actually what we would say pro-life or or against abortion would be going and saying that that abortion is wrong and how science actually shows that life begins at conception. I'm your host, Pastor Sam, but before we get to that, we want to hear from you. Go ahead and email us at equippingthepersecuted at gmail.com. Once again, that's equippingthepersecuted at gmail.com. We want to hear from you and we want to know what verse do you like to point to? to tell others or to show others that the Bible is for the life of the child in the womb, that you love your preborn neighbor and that you should love your preborn neighbor. What verse do you use? Go ahead and email us that verse at equippingthepersecuted at gmail.com. I'm your host, Pastor Sam. And like I said, today, we're going to be talking about this idea, starting off really why you should love your preborn neighbor and why abortion should be absolutely outlawed. And in some ways, it actually uh, really is when you truly go and you look at the law of the land. But we're going to start off with every, where we should always start off, and that is with a biblical foundation. For a Christian, we first, before we need to even go what science says, before we need to go into see what history or law books say, we need to go and to see what does the Bible say. This is the foundation of our worldview. This is the foundation and our true authority is God's word. And of course, God's word starts off, and in, in, in just spoiler alert here, God is extremely for the preborn. He he doesn't believe in murdering the preborn. In fact, he believes that that is an absolute heinous, terrible crime, and, and one that, that is absolutely uh, worth punishing. And uh, God absolutely is for the life of the preborn. You see, it starts off here, uh, first of all, we, we go and we understand that the Bible is, in fact, pro-baby here. And we can see this by simply how God treats mankind in general. First of all, the way that God treats mankind really does go and show us this. You see, Jesus Christ, it tells us in Romans 5.8, that God demonstrated his love towards us, that while we we're still sinners, Christ died for us. So Christ, God, loves us so much that he sends Jesus Christ to come down and to die on the cross for our sin. He gave his life for mankind. And so if Jesus Christ is going to go and to give himself for mankind, that does put an intrinsic value on mankind. But but why does mankind really have this value? Well, it starts in Genesis 127. 
back in the beginning. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God made man in his own image. And anyone, therefore, who's a part of mankind is made in the image of God. And this is a foundational truth when it comes to this debate about life. As, as you probably know right now, the debate about life is an incredibly important issue, and it is one that is on the forefront of our culture. I think this is an excellent opportunity for Christians to go and to speak out right now, because this is really one of those uh, foundational, fundamental issues. In fact, I think this should really be our number one political issue when we go and we look at this. This should be the first criteria. If somebody doesn't have the life issue right, I don't think we should vote for them. And I don't care uh, what letter they have next to their name, whether whether uh, it's an R or a D or whatever it is. If they don't have the life issue correct, we should not vote for them. And this is because God made man in his own image. And this isn't something that, that we should take lightly because it's not something that God took lightly. In fact, in 1 Timothy 2, 4, it says this, who, uh, and this is God here once again, desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. See, God doesn't desire all cats or dogs or trees to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth because they're not made in the image of God. Rather, God wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth because he made us especially in his own image. God made us in his image, and he has placed a great value on each person. In fact, just like I already stated, he died on the cross in order to pay every debt of sin for us. The only question is, is if we will accept what Christ has done for us. In fact, it tells us in John 1.12, but as many as received him, Jesus Christ, to them he gave the right to become sons of God to those who believe on his name. We have to receive Jesus Christ. We have to believe on his name in order to be saved. But Jesus's sacrifice is sufficient, and it was for mankind. And that shows the value that they place, that God places on mankind. But the Bible doesn't just speak to the value of man. It also specifically mentions when a person truly becomes a person. You see, in the book of Psalms, specifically uh, 139, verse 13, it says this, For you form my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. And I would suggest if you're really looking for the life argument or to, to, to really understand what the Bible teaches on life, read Psalm 139. In fact, when I go out to Planned Parenthoods, I made it a commitment to God that every time that I go out to a Planned Parenthood and, and preach or pray or whatever I'm doing outside of a Planned Parenthood, because by the way, I'm not just pro-life in my viewpoint here of going and saying, saying, hey, I, I'm pro-life. This is the position that I believe we should have. But, but that belief has actually brought actions in my life. I remember when Matt Truella came, a pastor from over in Wisconsin, came to where I live and he was preaching. He said this, and, and these words just cut me very deep. He said, what are you doing? to love your preborn neighbor. And maybe that'll cut somebody else deep as you go and hear that, just like it cut me deep. And, and since that moment, I've been trying to live my life in such a way that loves my preborn neighbor. And so I don't just come out here and say that I'm pro-life. I don't just go and vote for a party that that 
holds to a, a, a pro-life standard or something like that. And I know uh, pro-life isn't, isn't necessarily the best term to use. In fact, I would say that I'm an abolitionist more than even I'm pro-life, but I think that you understand what I'm saying when I say that. Uh, I'm for the abolition, the abolishment of abortion and the punishment for those who do commit abortions as well. But I go out and I, I now have written many articles on this. In fact, I've I mentioned the importance of of life and loving your preborn neighbor. Uh, devoted a whole chapter to it in my book, Five Steps to Kill a Nation. You can get that at theshininglightministries.com. I've also gone and in written articles uh, on this and all kinds of other things. But some of the biggest stuff that we've done is that I've gone and, and preached outside of Planned Parenthoods, prayed outside of Planned Parenthoods. We started consistently holding church service outside of Planned Parenthoods. Such an important thing to do when you consider the spiritual battle. Uh, but we've also, I mean, my wife and I, we've, we've adopted two children. Um, we, we really do care about our pre-born neighbor, and God cares too. In fact, in Psalm 139, verse 13, it says, For you formed my inward parts, you covered me, in my mother's womb, God is clear in his word that life does not begin outside the womb. It begins inside the womb. In fact, from Jeremiah 1.5, you can maybe even make the argument that life begins before that, but we can only recognize it inside the womb when it says this in Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. See, God knew the prophet Jeremiah before he was even a thought in his parents' minds. Even before a person is in the womb, God knows them, he loves for them, and he died for them, and he values them. This means we must protect all lives as soon as possible, and that is at the point of fertilization or conception. To reject the value of life at conception is to tell God that he is wrong on when life begins or in the value of life as to how he values life. And so as a Christian, I cannot tell God that he is wrong. Rather, I find it my goal to submit to him wholeheartedly. And I hope that is your goal as well. But stay with us because we're going to look and see what science also has to say and what the legal system really has to say about life. Stay with us. We'll be right back from a quick break. There is a crisis happening in Nigeria. Christians are being murdered and driven from their homes at the hands of Muslim terrorists. Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Equipping the Persecuted is a mission organization that helps persecuted Christians in Nigeria by sending aid directly to persecuted Christians in need. When a Christian village is attacked, Equipping the Persecuted is there to respond with food, medical aid, and materials to rebuild their churches and communities. Equipping the Persecuted has boots on the ground ready to respond to an emergency. Within 48 hours of an attack, our team is there to help those in need. Prayerfully consider a monthly donation to help impact and save the lives of persecuted Christians. Equipping the Persecuted doesn't just raise awareness about persecution or just talk about it. They take action. Visit equippingthepersecuted.org and donate today. God's Word tells us that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. 
Truly, sin is a mark of America today. Every second, 28,000 people are watching pornography. Since 1973, over 65 million babies have been slaughtered on the altar of convenience through abortion. And 70% of millennials are likely to vote for a socialist. Sin truly abounds and is a reproach to our nation. But how do we get back on track and be exalted by God once again? Hi, I'm Pastor Sam Jones, and I've written a new book that traces the steps of America's fall and gives us a road to redemption. It's called Five Steps to Kill a Nation and How to Stop the Bleeding. You can get a copy of the book at theshininglightministries.com. Welcome back to Equipping the Persecuted Radio. I'm your host, Pastor Sam, and today we're looking at, at why you should love your preborn neighbor and why you should care about those who are in the womb. We started off, we looked at the biblical foundation that is the heart of our argument, that is going to be the foundation of our argument, because before anything else, we stand before God, or one day will stand before God, and so we want to agree with God and agree with His Word, and His Word is clear, life needs to be recognized at the point of conception. But I want us to also look at what science has to say about this. And I just want to throw out a few things here. First of all, uh, th there's been significant scientific advancements. In fact, we can now find a fetal heartbeat, as many of you know, uh, six to eight weeks after fertilization. In fact, that might even be sooner than that now with some of the, uh, the, the technological advancements that they're making. With a 4D ultrasound, we can see an unborn child respond to uh, the sound of music at 14 weeks after fertilization at 20 weeks we can scientifically prove that the baby's nervous system has developed enough to feel pain. All of these facts point to one truth that no one can truly ignore, and that is a child becomes both alive and human inside the mother's womb. This is something that really can't be argued against with science, but the real question is, when does the child actually become a living human being? And that's what so many people want to know. But to answer that question, it's at the point of fertilization. Uh, and in fact, the exact point of fertilization, at the exact point of fertilization, we have all of the genetic material that we're ever going to have. And we have our genetic code or our genetic blueprint. And this genetic code, get this, it is distinct from our mother's genetic code or blueprint. So you know when, when the, 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 those who want to murder babies come out and they say, my body, my choice, they're not actually making a true scientific claim. Whether or not the morality of it, whether or not the legal side of it, they're trying to go in to make a biological claim, my body, that's a biological claim, and they're saying, therefore, my body, my legal or my ethical choice, but they're actually not even making a true scientific argument because that baby has a completely different genetic code. In fact, let's take a look at what um, some biology books has to say. In fact, uh, in the book, Human Embryology and Tetriology, embryologist uh, Ronan O'Reilly and Fabiola Mueller state this. And, and by the way, this is a secular book here. This is one that like, if you're going to go to med school, you'd be reading. Although life is a continuous process 
Fertilization is a critical landmark because under ordinary circumstances, a new genetically distinct human organism is thereby formed. Did you get that? At the moment of fertilization, you have a distinct human organism. It's not the woman's body. This is what science teaches. This is what they actually are supposed to be learning at med school, but instead they want to go and make a political point, and so they ignore these kind of statements. But at fertilization, we become distinct from our mother. There is not a point in time when we are our mother's body. Now, this, of course, is one of the greatest arguments that they point out, right? My body my choice, but that is simply put scientifically inaccurate. Now, I also want you to understand here that there are four criteria for a cell to be considered to have biological life, and that's metabolism, growth, reaction to stimuli, and reproduction. And at the point of fertilization, this new distinct human being checks all of these marks and is scientifically alive. So it, they can't even go and say it's just a, a, a clump of, of cells. They can't even go and, and say something like that because at the moment of fertilization, you have a living being. There's no denying that. You also have this living being who is a human being and is genetically distinct from their mother at the moment of conception or fertilization. And I think that is so important to go and to point out and to truly understand that. But to drive this point home, once again, I'm going to quote Dr. Keith L. Moore in his book, The Developing Human Clinically Oriented Embryology. He says this, human development begins at fertilization, the process during which a male uh, or uh, a male sperm unites with a female uh, ovium to form a single cell called a zygote. This highly specialized cell marked the beginning of each of us as a unique individual. This is what science actually teaches us. It is clear that we are scientifically living at the point of fertilization. This means that scientifically each abortion is killing a living human being. And this is one of the things why it is so important that we as Christians stand against heartbeat bills. Because heartbeat bills, though they sound nice, though it seems to be one of those things that is really popular and everything, it doesn't follow the science. And of course, it doesn't follow God's word. It doesn't follow the science. It doesn't follow God's word. It, it, it is just, quite simply put, a, an arbitrary line that they're going in and drawing in the sand that is going to make it even harder to move it to the right point. And so that's why we have to reject that and say no from conception we recognize life. From conception we recognize life. Stay with us here. We're going to be right back after a quick break.
There is a crisis happening in Nigeria. Christians are being murdered and driven from their homes at the hands of Muslim terrorists. Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Equipping the Persecuted is a mission organization that helps persecuted Christians in Nigeria by sending aid directly to persecuted Christians in need. When a Christian village is attacked, Equipping the Persecuted is there to respond with food, medical aid, and materials to rebuild their churches and communities. Equipping the Persecuted has boots on the ground ready to respond to an emergency. Within 48 hours of an attack, our team is there to help those in need. Prayerfully consider a monthly donation to help impact and save the lives of persecuted Christians. Equipping the Persecuted doesn't just raise awareness about persecution or just talk about it. They take action. Visit EquippingThePersecuted.org and donate today. God's Word tells us that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Truly, sin is a mark of America today. Every second, 28,000 people are watching pornography. Since 1973, over 65 million babies have been slaughtered on the altar of convenience through abortion, and 70% of millennials are likely to vote for a socialist. Sin truly abounds and is a reproach to our nation. But how do we get back on track and be exalted by God once again? Hi, I'm Pastor Sam Jones, and I've written a new book that traces the steps of America's fall and gives us a road to redemption. It's called Five Steps to Kill a Nation and How to Stop the Bleeding. You can get a copy of the book at theshininglightministries.com. Welcome back to Equipping the Persecuted Radio. Once again, we want to hear from you. So email us at equippingthepersecutedradio at, or excuse me, equippingthepersecuted at gmail.com. Once again, that's equippingthepersecuted at gmail.com. And we want to hear what do you think about what we just said about science? What does science actually say when human life begins? You tell us what you think And if you think we got it right there with what we're just talking about, that it begins at conception, we did get it right, but but we want to hear your voice anyway. want to see if you'd heard those arguments before, if maybe you got a different point of view that's wrong. Uh, But but go ahead and email us at equippingthepersecuted at gmail.com. But I want to look at one last aspect when we're looking at loving our preborn neighbor and really caring about our preborn neighbor. We understand that it is a scientific thing to care for our preborn neighbor. It is also, of course, a biblical thing. But there's so much talk about the law of the land. When I go and I talk to legislators, uh, sometimes they like to go in to say, well, it's it's just, it's not the law of the land, you know. And, and, and so, I mean, you know, abortion is the law of the land. We can't do much. I'm like, well, it's your job to go and to write good laws anyway. So what's the big point there? Sometimes they don't understand their job. Other times I like to go and say, you know, we just don't have the votes. Um, But I want to point out that even if these things would be true, the issue is, is that they're not actually accurate because the reality of it is, is that the laws that we currently have actually protect the preborn. See, the Declaration of Independence is a great place to start See, it states, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these are life, 
liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, the very first unalienable right in our, our organic law, the Declaration of Independence, is the right to life. And this means that legally, each person, each human being, possesses the right to life. And as we just saw with science, that begins at conception. And as it was pointing out here, our creator, well, when are we created? We are formed in our mother's womb, says God. So even when you go and you look at that language, it is distinctly and purposefully pointing to life in the womb. Life in the womb. We have these rights, these unalienable rights, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. They are recognized in the Declaration of Independence for those who are pre-born. Now, this is an interesting thing when you go and you look at it from that perspective and you actually understand what it's saying. <laughs> yeah. well, when you go and you look at it from that perspective, you see that the Declaration of Independence goes and recognizes this, our organic law, what the United States was founded upon, guarantees this. But, but let's look at some other stuff here. I want to look at Lacey or Connor's law or public law uh, 108-212. This is a federal law that protects uh, the unborn child from death or injury. Now, I, I want to bring this one up here because it's a little bit more recent of a law, although I don't think that recency uh, matters because what's legal is legal and what's illegal is illegal and what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. But some people like to go and make the argument, why would we go want to go back to something that's 1776? Let's look at something that's from this century. See, this is a federal law that protects the unborn child from death or injury, and I'll let it speak for itself. It says this, any person subject to this chapter who engages in conduct that violates any of the provisions of the law listed in section B and thereby by causes the death of or bodily injury as defined in section 1365 of title 18 to a child who is in, get this, utero at the time the conduct takes place is guilty of a separate offense under the sec the section and shall be upon conviction be punished by such a punishment. You see, Lacey and Connor's law is clear that those who would injure or murder a child in the womb will be guilty of a separate offense. This is a federal law. Uh, this means that according to federal law, you can be charged with murder for the killing of an unborn. And it's not just on the federal level that we recognize life at conception. See, currently 38 states have laws punishing those who would injure or kill the unborn. In Florida, a, a Florida state law 775.0215 states this, whoever commits an act uh, that violates a provision of this code or commits a criminal offense defined by another statute and thereby causes the death of or bodily injury to an unborn child, commits a separate offense of the provision or statute, does not otherwise specifically provide a separate offense for such a death or injury to an unborn child. Once again, we see the same standard that if you kill uh, or injure an unborn child, you will face criminal offenses. Uh, this is once again true in Kansas, which it's uh, been called Alexa's Law, um, which uh, defines basically um, a child in the gestation period from fertilization to birth will have this separate uh, conviction here. And in Massachusetts, Commonwealth versus Lawrence uh, affirms the conviction for murder of a woman in an involuntary manslaughter of her 27-week-old child. 
Uh, Commonwealth versus Lawrence is an example of an unborn child having his legal right to life defended after he was murdered. Even in the liberal state, though, of California, they understand this legal principle. Now, this is an older law, but this is still in code, and this is what is, is the code that describes homicide. And it states this, murder is the unlawful killing of a human being or a fetus with malice aforethought. Uh, we see that even in California, they understand this. I mean, this is incredible when you go and you actually dig in to the laws of the land. But why do we have this? Well, ultimately, our government was based upon a biblical worldview. And of course, government itself was based upon the word of God. In Genesis 9, 5, and 6, it tells us that whoever sheds a man's blood by man, his blood shall be shed. And we see here that that was the institution of civil government. The purpose for civil government was to protect the innocent and to punish the wicked. And so when it comes to this whole idea of, of loving our preborn neighbor, we can go and see that we should love our preborn neighbor because the Bible tells us to. That's the ultimate reason. We would do that uh, whether these other two things followed suit or not, but they do because God's word, uh, God is the God of reality, and so God's word doesn't go against reality. And so therefore, science agrees with it. But also because our nation was founded in a biblical worldview, our laws actually do agree that we need to love our preborn neighbor and protect our preborn neighbor. So I want to encourage you and equip you with these facts to love your preborn neighbor. Thank you for listening to Equipping the Persecuted Radio. Once again, Equipping the Persecuted Radio is sponsored by Equipping the Persecuted. Email us. Let us know what you think of our show at equippingthepersecuted at gmail.com. Thank you for listening today and keep standing for the truth. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where that great.